Hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for Friday, the 17th of February, 2023. Glorious, delicious, wonderful, aromatic, yet in a charming way. Friday to you. Hope you're ready for it and got great plans this weekend. I hope those plans include the Week in Evan Review at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. Oh, man, it's the news the way it deserves to be spoken about for the mere cost of five bucks a month. Appreciate every last supporter out there, so thank you for that. Check it out. Join, enter the contest to win autographed books and all sorts of other goodies as well. Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. It's where the cool kids are. All right, let's get on with the program so we can get on with the weekend. Lots of stuff going on in the world out there. We'll get to as much of it as we possibly can. I want to start off with the reaction to, I think it was yesterday that we played the, it might have been the day before, the Nikki Haley audio that she has announced that she's running for president. That may or may not be of interest to you. Uh, That doesn't really matter. The important or interesting thing is the reaction to it. Left-wingers all over the place are sitting there calling, her name is is not Nikki. Her name is not Nikki. That's not her name. Stop calling her Nikki. That's not her name. It is her name. But these people are engaging in what they decried as racism not that long ago. They say, they call her Nimarata. Nimarata. Asha, Ranga, Punga, whatever the hell her name is from CNN, who's like one of the dumbest national security. She used to work at the FBI, and you go, well, thank God she doesn't work at the FBI anymore. She's out there calling it. Has uh, Nimrata pronounced yet? Nimrata, she's uh, trying to whitewash herself. She's t- That's the, the big lie that they do. Now, these very same people said, well, if you said Barack Hussein Obama, you're a racist. That's racism to say Barack Hussein Obama. I don't know how... They never fully understood, explained how that was racist. How is that... First of all, um, his first name is Barack, okay? If you're trying to say this guy is not named Chip Daniels, Barack kind of covers it, doesn't it? I think it does. If that's what you really wanted to do. But I I never went down that road. I don't call people by their full names except for like uh, serial killer, mass killers or whatever, you know, whatever the the rule of thumb is. Lee Harvey Oswald. Like, well, I bet his friends called him Lee. But that's beside the point. You can't sit there and go, that's racist, that's racist, that's racist, and then say, oh, Nikki Haley's real name isn't Nikki. Well, here's what it says on Nikki Haley's birth certificate. I understand that the concept of a birth certificate was racist in and of itself a mere 16 years ago or whatever it was, but it's true. Her name is Nimarata Nikki Haley. Yeah, N-I-K-K-I, N-I-K-K-I. It is Punjabi. It is not some sort of whitewash trying to pretend that she's not Indian. First of all, she's Indian. Secondly, uh, her first name is Nimarata, but she's gone by Nikki. 
her entire life, I have a niece called Nikki, spelled N-I-C-K-I. Her first name is Patricia. Nobody calls her Patricia. Nobody calls her Pat. It's Patricia Nicole, but she goes by Nikki. She has her entire life. That was the plan at the time of her birth. Now, I probably should at some point ask my sister why you would name a kid a name you had no intention whatsoever of ever calling them, but I just haven't yet because it was just how it was, and I was a kid when it happened. But it does happen, and it does happen all the time. These fanatical leftists are trying to find anything to complain about any Republican. And it's important to remember that this reaction to Nikki Haley is not, you know, you think, oh, well, some the left wing hates Donald Trump. The media hates Donald Trump. Therefore, they're going to be favorable to other people. No. They will be favorable insofar as they find that person to be useful in any way, shape, or form, honestly. And that's it. Otherwise, they will have uh, the same long knives that they have out for every single Republican out there. They will go after them the same way they do for every single Republican. Not that they like Nikki Haley. They hate Republicans. Some of them may actually like Nikki Haley personally, but progressives are progressives first and foremost. Anything else, a long and distant second. So to sit there and watch these stories, go, oh, it's, uh, she's just this, that, and the other. She's really, even Aaron Blake of the Washington Post, he doesn't come out and call it that way. He's a senior political reporter. The Washington Post says, I see people are still doing the Nimarata thing on Haley. Nikki is her middle name. She used it when she was young, long before she got into politics, and was ID'd as such in a 1984 article. And it's Punjabi, and he links to a fact-check uh, fact article about it, where they point these things out. Now, he could just say, you know, it's liberals instead of people, and racists instead of the Nimrata thing, if they were to use the same standards that Democrats use. But that's just not how they roll. But remember, the enemy, as much as they harp on Donald Trump, first of all, they wouldn't have any content on their networks and in their newspapers were it not for Donald Trump. But secondly, it's ultimately that they hate Republicans. If Donald Trump goes away tomorrow, they will not be joining hands and singing Kumbaya with Republicans. It just will never happen. They hate our existence. They despise our existence. So don't fall for the, oh, here's the alternative. They'll bill somebody as the alternative. Look at what they're doing to Ron DeSantis, who hasn't announced anything yet. He's just down there being governor of Florida. We'll get to this in a bit. I told you about the, the plans for the big protest. Well, MSNBC essentially adopted this protest against Ron DeSantis and according to reports, they got hundreds of people. Hundreds of MSNBC adopted this. They sent out, they dispatched Al Sharpton to lead the protest. Hey, there's a celebrity coming. To the, you have a chance to get a selfie with, with a, a civil rights icon who, with, a, with, a, with a body count behind him. Yeah, you could do that. It'll be wonderful. Why don't you come down? And... Uh, 
And they got hundreds, according to their own leftist media, which means that it was on the low end of the hundreds. Just how it is. But back to Nikki Haley. Just so you know, the attacks, there are substantive attacks to make against Nikki Haley. She's not conservative enough, et cetera, et cetera. Whatever you happen to believe or or care about, and if she doesn't share them, that's fine. I urge you to investigate and find out where she stands and what she uh, wants to do as president of the United States. So far, I mean, it's early stages of the campaign. It's all biography. It's all garbage. It's all a waste of time, in my opinion. But, you know, it's sort of the boxes you have to check and the hoops you have to jump through when you're running for president. But I will tell you that um, President Trump, former President Trump, seems to be nervous or is least glad to have somebody to attack who might attack back. Swear to God, I've never seen... You can't... If you're going to complain about Joe Biden running a campaign from your basement, you probably shouldn't run a campaign from your basement. I know that it's wildly early, but nobody forced him to announce now. He could be out there meeting people. He could be, you know, going and embracing voters and things like that. Instead, he seems to be sitting in Mar-a-Lago tweeting or whatever the hell they do on his social media platform, whatever. They don't call it tweeting, but truthing or whatever. He decided to go after Nikki Haley. And I don't think this particular attack has the intended effect that he wanted it to. He sent out, quote, the greatest thing Nikki Haley did for our country and the great state of South Carolina was accepting the position of United Nations ambassador so that the incredible then Lieutenant Governor Henry McMaster could be governor of South Carolina, where he has done an absolutely fantastic job. That was a big reason why I appointed Nikki to the position. It was a favor to the people I love in South Carolina. Donald Trump. <laughs> I, I know what he's trying to say is she doesn't, she doesn't bring much to the table. The only reason you know who she is is because I appointed her to the United Nations ambassador. That's not true. She was, um, she did get some attention in the media because she was not white, but she was a Republican governor in the South. Now, nor, they'd, they'd name, you know, buildings after her if she were a Democrat. If Stacey Abrams were elected governor of Georgia, for example. Oh, she's the first woman of color to really lead, uh, I mean, aside from Nikki Haley, to really lead a former slave state. If you ignore Nikki Haley, let us rename the state capital in her honor. Let us rename the state. We shall be Abramses instead of Georgians going forward. That's how it would have been. They would have started carving her into Mount Rushmore before her inauguration, but because Nikki Haley was the wrong kind of minority, she's one of the kinds that think for herself. They ignored her, they attacked her. But for President Trump to say that he appointed her because he wanted to make the lieutenant governor, governor, first of all, that's just not true. It's ridiculous. And secondly, if it were true, It makes Trump look like an idiot. I know, I know. You're not supposed to say that. Don't say it. Don't talk ill about Donald Trump. I'm sorry, but he deserves it. 
It would mean that Donald Trump had an opportunity to appoint somebody as our voice in the United Nations, and uh, he chose not the best person, not the most qualified person for the job, but he chose somebody to open up a job for somebody else. He chose Nikki Haley because he wanted to open up a job for somebody else. How perverted is that? How polluted is that? How does that make Donald Trump look good? I just appointed her because I needed to get her out of the way. Is that something to brag about? Is that something to be proud of? Is that something you want to highlight? I don't I don't know. You mean you made I mean he's already got let's be honest, Donald Trump's biggest well, there's a lot of strikes against him with the general public. Not his base. His base, about 30% of the Republican Party will ride or die with him. And unfortunately, if he doesn't get the nomination, they probably will choose to die and not vote in the general election. But one of his biggest problems was personnel. We were told he only hires the best people. We were told, and while he was hiring these people, he only hired the best people. Unfortunately, he did most of his hiring based off of watching Fox News, which is a massive, massive mistake. Not all, you know, being good on television doesn't mean you're good at your job. Some people were. Rick Grinnell, great at his job. Other people were not. John Bolton, not great at his job. I'm not sure what John Bolton said in his appearances on television that made Donald Trump think he would be good in his administration and they'd be able to get along, but he clearly hadn't done any other homework beyond that because... You know, yeah, John Bolton goes on Fox and attacks Democrats. That's not really enough to to hire somebody to make you and then you're you know in, in charge of national security. But so many of the people that Donald Trump hired have turned on him. You can say that's being wildly disloyal, but you should know people better before you hire them. Well, you don't have to know them personally, but you sure as hell should know where they stand. If you are clashing constantly with somebody on substantive issues, unless you want to put together a team of rivals of people who disagree constantly so that you get to the best of both worlds or whatever, then you probably should hire people who will agree with you by and large, and will definitely implement whatever your policy decisions are or people whose policy decisions you might naturally agree with. Donald Trump didn't seem to do that. So to sit there and say that the best thing Nikki Haley did for the country is take a job that's pretty important that he offered her and then back that up with, well, but I only did it because I wanted to get her out of the governorship of South Carolina is not, it makes me think that maybe the president of the United States might not have taken the job of president of the United States as seriously as the job of president of the United States should be taken. You know what I mean? I don't know. It might be just me, but that's the way I read it. Seems like uh, bad form. Then again, He's uh, the inside favorite to win the nomination of the Republican uh, for president. Republican for president. So, what the hell do I know? All right, I want to shift gears really quickly just because I just saw this. Uh, 
Um, I don't know. This might lead to controversy. Don Lemon stepping in it, stepping in it, stomping on it, jumping up and down on it, treating it like he's Daffy Duck and it is uh, Bugs Bunny as they come out of a hole in a cave where there's a lot of gold and diamonds and jewelry and everything. And he's, remember that, Bugs? They stomp on him, mine, mine, down, down, mine, mine. Um, that's what Don Lemon did to the, this this pile of, of uh, dog dirt on the sidewalk. Apparently this morning on CNN, they were talking about Nikki Haley. So it sort of ties into what we were just talking about. It ties into talking about Nikki Haley. And Nikki Haley saying, that, hey, there should be cognitive tests for politicians over the age of 75. Let's just face it. There is a certain point where you sort of start to decline. Joe Biden is well on the downslope. But honestly, as much as I think he's crazy and wildly wrong, there's really no doubt that Bernie Sanders still is with it, right? Bernie Sanders, I think, is a little bit older than Joe Biden, or if not the same age, but whatever. I have a clip I'll play for you in a bit of Bernie Sanders, but you can tell that he's still with it. He's still there. Somebody's still home. With Joe, there's nobody home. But Don Lemon talks about women being in their prime. I'm not sure what Don Lemon knows about women. He's a gay man, so he hasn't dated very many women, I'd imagine, and it's probably been a long time since he's dated a woman. But he co-hosts a show with two women, one of whom is in their 40s, and the other one is in their 20s, I think. Um, Neither of Poppy's, I guess, kind of bright. But Poppy Harlow kind of takes issue with this, because Don Lemon says that, you know, women are not in their prime after their 40s, but he doesn't say what prime means this is a prime example of prime example this is a prime example of somebody speaking without thinking that it comes from don lemon that it comes from cnn should surprise absolutely nobody this is hilarious this whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable i think that i think it's the wrong road to go down she says people you know politicians or something are not in their prime nikki haley isn't in her prime sorry when a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and Maybe 40s. What do you that's talk? Not acor- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll. If you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s, and 40s. I don't necessarily. 40s. Oh, so I got another. I'm not saying decade. I agree with that. So I think she has to be careful about saying that you know politicians aren't in their I think prime. You need, need to qualify. Are you talking about prime for like child bearing, or are you talking about prime for being president? What the facts are. Google it. Everybody at home. When is a woman in her prime? It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. And I'm just saying Nikki Haley should be careful about saying that politicians are not in their prime and they need to be in their prime when they serve because she wouldn't be in her prime according to Google know, Google or whatever it is. <laughs> uh, and the women, obviously, the one who's approaching her 50s is going, what the hell are you talking about? So I did it. I went to Google and I typed in, when is a woman in her prime? which is exactly the verbiage that Don Lemon suggested. The first answer comes from alexaanswers.amazon.com. And it says, A woman's prime is referring to an age where a woman feels physically and sexually at her peak. It's often in her late 30s to early 40s, but can extend far into the 50s. So, first of all, you can't serve as president because, I'm sorry, honey, you're not in your sexual prime. 
Then there's another one from Cora. A woman's physical prime is determined by how fertile she is and when she is, when it is best for her to rear children. <laughs> Every single... First of all, why is Don Lemon searching when is a woman in her prime? The hell kind of Google history search does Don Lemon have? And this is... There's another one, thehealthyjournal.com. When is a woman in her prime? A woman's prime is between the ages of 28 and 45. She said they're busy raising kids and they're capable of doing what they want. <laughs> I suspect there's already been a bunch of reports about how the, the women who work with... Uh, the, the, actually, all three of them on that, that god-awful morning show on CNN can't stand each other. So this is just going to be another bit of kindling for the fire, I'd imagine, because Don Lemon, if they wanted to make a move against Don Lemon, they go, oh, this is wildly sexist, and Don Lemon needs to go. And what argument would Chris Licht, the new president of CNN, have to say, no, 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 he was just wildly misconstrued. It's an incredibly stupid thing to say. If Don Lemon were a conservative, he'd be out. If this were on Fox, this would be all CNN and MSNBC would cover. Since it was CNN, very few people saw it, and it uh, won't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But my God, maybe he'll get fired. But again, that, that CNN's morning show is breaking records for the fewest number of viewers like ever to watch CNN. So I don't think very many people will care a whole lot if Don Lemon gets fired. But honestly, if Don Lemon were... A white guy, a straight white guy, the worst type of white guy. Am I right? Am I right? If he were a straight white guy, they'd be out on his ass by by the end of the show. But instead, he's in there. No, 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 don't. Don't. Take it up with Google. If you ever wondered why it is the people on CNN seem so stupid, sound so stupid, it's because their answer to everything is, well, what does Google say? And they apparently just look at like the top three results from Google searches without even clicking on them to see if there's any greater context and with no inner monologue for them to say, you know, you probably shouldn't talk about this on your stupid morning show if you want to keep your job. Gotta love it. But what Nikki Haley was saying is that people should maybe be, uh, we should have some cognitive test results from some people. Joe Biden has lost a step. Joe Biden has absolutely lost a, he's lost a flight of stairs. He's lost a, quite a, he's lost a banister to slide down. He's, it's all gone. You can't even get to, he's lost a ladder. He's lost a hoist. He's lost a lift. He's lost everything to get up to the second story and above. We should be able to test for that. The 25th Amendment isn't a suggestion. That being said, like I say, Bernie Sanders, still with it. Bernie Sanders still has his mental ability. He's still crazy. He's always been crazy. Don't get me wrong. But as far as him having a mental decline, he didn't start off. Granted, he started off on a plane. But he uh, he has not really declined much. He's 81 years old. Joe Biden is 80 years old. And Bernie Sanders was speaking to a group of teachers. I think it was teachers union yesterday. He's got a plan. He's going to introduce for all you teachers out there. 
It's amazing all these plans that Democrats have for education. You know, and here in Baltimore, 23 schools, nobody can do basic math. Not a single student can do basic math. And there's no protests in the streets. There's nobody going, this is an outrage. We must uh, change things. Give us school choice or anything like that. Nope, nothing. The politicians are barely paying lip service. Or this is unacceptable. Well, it's been this way kind of for quite a while. Is uh, Why is it just now unacceptable? Well, it's only unacceptable because it's in the news. And then when it's out of the news, it's it's acceptable again or something because you don't do anything about it one has to assume that you mean it's acceptable again anyway rather than address anything related to accountability anything related to improving education they just believe they honestly believe and actually i don't know if they honestly believe it or they're just cynical and they just don't care and they realize that children are being indoctrinated and that's enough who cares if they can read or write as long as they know what the d looks like when they go into the ballot box it uh, doesn't matter but their objective their their solution if you will to everything is we need to throw more money at it well they're throwing money left and right in baltimore and that hasn't worked out they're throwing money left and right in washington dc that hasn't worked out bernie sanders solution pay teachers more Actually, it's not even a solution. He doesn't pretend that he cares about the poor results that kids are getting. He says that he just basically wants to buy the more loyalty from the teachers union with our taxpayer money. That's essentially what he says. Listen to him. If we understand, as I know everyone here does, that we live in a competitive global economy and that we need the best educated workforce in the world, we must understand that it is absurd that there are school districts throughout this country where there are major shortages of teachers. And if we understand the enormously important work that teachers do, that means, in my view, among many other things, that we should be paying public school teachers a minimum of at least $60,000 a year. And I am proud to tell you that I will soon be introducing legislation to do just that. $60,000 a year to start for a public school teacher. Summer's off. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Missing from that speech. Missing from that tirade. Look, I'd be happy to pay teachers $60,000 a year if they're good teachers. But Bernie doesn't make any mention whatsoever of accountability. Bernie makes no... There aren't enough people going into teaching, so we'll throw more money at the problem. Maybe people are not going into teaching because they recognize that thanks to leftists, you can't discipline problematic children. You can't discipline violent kids. That there's a decent chance you're going to get your ass beat as a teacher by a student. And then that kid will be back the next day and all the same students will be there. There's no discipline. You can't suspend anybody. You can't give detention to anybody. You need to do a demographic study of who has been punished first, and if it's disproportionate to some mythical figure in the ether, it is somehow an injustice and can't be done. The lunatics are running the asylum. There should be a healthy fear of the teacher and the discipline, and most importantly, there should be a healthy fear of the teacher or the school administrator calling parents and saying, hey, 
your kid is a jerk today and need you need to come and pick him up. But instead, you get the attitude of it's your kid from nine till three. It's not, don't give me my kid. It's your job. Deal with them. Yeah, I don't know that more money will bring in better people than that. I do know that purging the education system of progressive ideology and progressives will get rid of that and will make the education system in its entirety significantly better. But Bernie Sanders ain't talking about that. You want to pay $60,000 a year? Hell, pay him $80,000 a year. Pay him $90,000 a year. But peg all the money on individual students to that individual student and let the kids go with that money where they want to go. Full-blown nationwide school choice. Pay teachers more and let them all compete. Bernie isn't interested in that. No Democrats are interested in that. These are indoctrination factories, the school-to-prison pipeline, they say. They're not interested in fixing the school part. They just want to plug up the pipeline part, which means more, or the prison part, which would mean more violent criminals on the streets. Wonder how we got here? This is how we got here. Really quickly, I want to play you this clip from Joe Biden since we're juxtaposing, you know, senility and not senile, just crazy. He's talking about electric charging cars. Listen, listen to Joe. No, this is going to have a major impact on the environment, what we're doing, specifically reducing carbon in the air as we begin to move these 500,000 charging stations around the world, I mean, around the country. And ultimately, it's going to take millions of barrels of oil off the road 500,000 charging is what you're paying for. That was part of the infrastructure bill. 500,000. You see these charging stations. They're usually vacant. 500,000 charging stations around the country. How many, what, we got uh, 300 million cars? 500,000 charging stations? Yeah, see the she- see the world from your Chevrolet or whatever. See the USA in your Chevrolet. 300 miles at a time and then sit around for, I don't know, Good 18 hours while your car charges back up. See it very slowly in your Chevrolet Volt or something. Hard pass. And then get rid of oil. That's why the oil companies won't invest, Joe. You unaware? You seem like you're unaware. Shifting gears in the last bit that we got here, I want to talk about a couple of other things. This story out of Kansas cracks me up. And it's, God, the left is so pathetic and so disgusting. They really are. Headline, critics call proposed Kansas women's bill of rights sexist and transphobic. Transphobic, sexist, sexist, transphobic. Oh, no, no, no. That's all they've got. But notice the framing of this story by the Kansas Reflector. Critics, why not just report on what the bill is? Then you can include what the critics say and what its supporters say. Just Instead, critics call well, because they agree with the critics, the two lefties who write this. So the lawmakers unrolled a new bill that would bar transgender women from female-only spaces under the assumption that biological women tend to be naturally weaker and more vulnerable to violence than men. Yeah, uh, only because all of human history and physical, back when science mattered, biology, things like that, and reality, you know, kind of, would you want to you know, fight between some random 120-pound guy and Ronda Rousey? You'd put your money on Ronda Rousey, but... If it were just, here's a thousand men, here's a thousand women, we're going to draw names from the hat and they're going to fight. And then we'll keep track of 
who wins. Which do you think it's going to come out? Why wow, it was it was five hundred to five hundred. What a weird thing. Or do you think the scales might be tipped in one direction because you're not stupid? Senate Bill One Eighty was given about thirty minutes of discussion Wednesday's Senate Public Here uh, Health and Welfare Committee hearing a time frame that critics have said is woefully inadequate to dis- uh, to address all the bill's implications. The bill has been called a Women's Bill of Rights, a designation that bill opponent Caroline Dean rejected. Oh, well, she's bill... Don't you love it? Immediately, it's been called this, but that was rejected by some random chick. Oh, well, all right then. But... You see the picture in the article. There's Caroline Dean squinting her face up, looking like she's smelling a fart in a car. And she's wearing a priest collar. Oh, wait a second. Dean, a pastor with the Kansas-Oklahoma Conference of United Church of Christ, a spokeswoman for the Kansas Interfaith Action, said the bill didn't actually recognize any rights for women. See, the left has infected and infested pretty much every religion one degree or another just a matter of how high up they get quote the irony of this women's bill of rights is that it doesn't enumerate any actual rights instead focusing on weaponizing the rhetoric of rights to erase protections for transgender and non-binary people but i can name some rights that women need the right to pay equity, the right to be free of gendered violence and sexual discrimination, the right to have affordable child care and have access to health care when I or my children are in need. Oh, you mean abortion? Just come out, you got the collar on, you can't really say abortion, but you, that's what she's saying. SB 180 would define female as people with biological reduct- reproductive systems that are developed to produce ova, a definition critics have said excludes intersexed women and alienates women without ovaries. Good God. I feel alienated by a law that doesn't impact my life in any way, shape, or form. Somewhere in the state code, there is a sentence or two that somehow otherizes me, and therefore I do not feel as though I am a fully realized human being. Things must be changed. Shut up. Get over yourselves, everybody. I don't think that anybody actually feels this way. I think that we're dealing with professional victims on the left, to be honest with you. It's so disgusting. It's so disgusting. The bill states that separate accommodations based on biological sex aren't unequal and that biological women sometimes need women-only social, educational, athletic, and other spaces to ensure safety. This would include domestic violence, violence shelters, restrooms, and locker rooms. One part of the bill says that male individuals are on average, and it says, quote, male individuals are on average bigger, stronger, and faster than female individuals, end quote, as justification for the biologically based separation. Similar legislation has been introduced in North Dakota, Oklahoma, and Arizona, amongst other states. I got a clip here of a, uh, I assume it's a woman, talking about this. This is the mentality of a leftist. This Kansas woman says that uh, citing the differences, the obvious biological differences between men and women is sexist. I, I'm not even kidding. Justify in opposition of SB 180. SB 180 talks about how 
There's differences in biological sexes between men and women and how men are stronger and taller. I find that incredibly offensive. I find that like, sorry. Um, <laughs> she started to lose it. I find that incredibly offensive. I find, now this woman is short. She's very short. She's short and, and I wouldn't put money on her in an arm wrestling contest all right I, I just wouldn't but I, I find that you find biological reality offensive you know what i tell you what this gravity thing it sucks tell you what they, you know what it's just the worst thing ever up south to south oh god how do these people live why do these people live why do they sit there and you know just is there nobody in their life to look at them and go you know what you need to get a hold of yourself, all right? It's like yelling at the sun for coming up in the east. How dare you, you big ball of fire, you stupid ball of fire. I'd want you to, you're coming in my bedroom window. Why don't you go in another direction? Then you wouldn't come in my bedroom window and wake me up so early. Well, uh, you're going to have to move your bedroom if that's the problem or buy some curtains or something. But this is the world that the left inhabits. This is the mentality that they bring in. This is what they're infecting other human beings with. This mentality. I find it offensive. that We're going to say that men are stronger than women. How dare anybody say that? Yeah, how dare. I mean, aside from all of human history, experience, life, everything. Uh, why would anybody ever say such a thing? Well, there's a lot of stupid people out there. There's a lot of stupid leftists out there. And that brings us to another stupid leftist. This one is named State Senator Emmanuel Jones. There was a proposal down in Georgia to put forth or to build a statue honoring Georgia's son, Clarence Thomas. Right? Clarence Thomas, son of sharecroppers, grew up in the segregated South, massively discriminated against, hated by leftists, left and right, lied about constantly. And the state, the Republicans in the state said, you know what, this man's life of rising up from nothing to be a Supreme Court justice is something we should highlight, is something this country can be proud of. And the leftist good dogs that they are, they make sure that anybody who dares, because of their skin color, defies what Democrats insist is the only acceptable thought for someone of that skin color, that they need to be destroyed. They make sure that nobody leaves the thought plantation. Emmanuel Jones stands up and talks on the floor of the Senate. And it's not even a big story, honestly. And he's, he says this. I know it's very, very sensitive to talk about race in this body. But any time that we have a resolution, legislation proposing to place a statue of Clarence Thomas on this grounds, we cannot avoid that conversation, so I'm not going to avoid it either. In the black community, we have uh, an expression... And I don't want to use this label 
too deeply here because I'm just trying to tell you what we have in African-American community. When we talk about a person of color that goes back historically to the days of slavery and that person betraying his own community, we have a term in the black community. That term that we use is called uh, Uncle Tom. We have a term in the black community. That term is Uncle Tom. Huh. Isn't it lovely? Isn't it lovely? These people, this is how they live. These Democrats. Now, I'm looking at the Associated Press story, by this paragraph. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Paragraph 12, they get to what Senator Emanuel Jones said, called him an Uncle Tom. Mm-hmm. Now, how dumb is Emanuel Jones? He goes on to admit he doesn't know where Uncle Tom comes from. He's not really sure. He doesn't know, but he's just going to throw it out there. Because why? Because there are no consequences. You could be a racist piece of crap Democrat till the cows come home, and you'll be a hero to the progressive left. And Uncle Tom is a either a fictional or non-fictional character. I don't really know the origin of Uncle Tom, but it talks about a person who back during the days of slavery sold his soul to the slave masters. That's the story of the fictitious of the story of an Uncle Tom. That's the story of an Uncle Tom. Oh, they sold their soul to the slave masters, meaning evil whitey. Well, the vast majority of the progressive movement is pretty damn white. So white, in fact, they're almost clear. And yet there are people like Emmanuel Jones going out there and saying that people who think for themselves, who defy the progressive masters, should, in fact, you know, be destroyed. They don't like people who disobey, disobedient to them. There are people who are obedient and people who are disobedient. I'm not calling anybody any names, but I would point out that Emmanuel Jones would be doing the bidding of the very same people, the very same party who, back when slavery was legal in this country, were the slave owners. Am I allowed to say that? I don't care. It's true. The truth shall set you free, should it not? Jones wasn't, but at a certain point, like right when you admit, I don't know what I'm talking about, should be a, a key for you to go, so I should probably stop talking. That's not the way it is with Emmanuel Jones. That's not the way it is when the Democrats are attacking Clarence Thomas. Look, they're no holds barred. If they could, they'd go and burn a cross on his front lawn. And they'd justify somebody else doing it. Like, well, you know, it probably shouldn't do that. But, I mean, what do you expect? He's, he's an Uncle Tom. He married a white lady. Hmm. So when we think about a person in the black community who's accomplished but yet policies seek to subvert, some may even say suppress, the achievements and accomplishments of people of color. I couldn't help but to think about that term in expressing my dissatisfaction with this particular legislation. He's just such a progressive Democrat, isn't he? Got one more clip. Folks, as I said last year, y'all just don't get it. And I don't expect people of non-color to get the sensitivity that we feel about a person of color whose policies and practices and decisions and votes that we've rallied and fought against. 
<laughs> I don't expect people of non-colored. You admitted at the beginning that you didn't get this, that you had no freaking idea where it came from or really all what it meant. You kind of had a vague racist uh, sentiment of it. And that's it. But oh, no, 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 no. I don't expect, I don't, you don't expect what? What are we people of non-color supposed to not get? That you're a tool of the Democratic Party or that you're not a very bright person? Like, we get that. We, we just heard what you said. Everybody heard what you said. Everybody understands that you're not a very bright person, that you're a wrangler for anybody who might dare follow Clarence Thomas's example and think for themselves or even ask questions about things. That's not allowed in the Democratic Party. It's not allowed in anybody in the Democratic Party. It doesn't matter the skin color, but they do have enforcement based on skin color. La Raza and Casa and all these other organizations, they make sure that the Hispanic vote stays as best that they can, whether it's or not as good as it as, say, the NAACP and the Al Sharptons of the world. But they're working on it. They're working on it. The money's rolling in. Speaking of the uh, working on it and the Al Sharptons of the world and all that sort of jazz, Al Sharpton was down in Florida yesterday. There was a protest. I love this headline from Axios. They really want this to have been a big thing. Like I say, they hate Ron DeSantis. They hate every Republican, but particularly Ron DeSantis. They feel most threatened by him right now. Headline, Black Leaders Protest Florida's Rejection of AP African-American Studies Course. Studies being the operative word. All of these idiot speakers, including Sharpton, were talking about history, which is not. There is an AP African-American history course that is still being taught in Florida schools today. But they understand that uh, people are stupid because they helped make them stupid and keep them stupid. So they lie. So hundreds gathered for a rally. Hundreds. Hundreds. MSNBC adopted this cause. <coughs> Al Sharpton was dispatched to this event. And they got hundreds. Hundreds gathered for a rally outside of Florida State Capitol Wednesday to protest against Governor Ron DeSantis' rejection of a new advanced placement African-American studies course led by prominent civil rights activist Al Sharpton, who you can get to, it used to be about 14 years ago, it cost you $50,000 to get Al Sharpton to show up to an event to protest, to protest. Now, it wasn't out in the open, it was on the hush-hush, but now I'd imagine it's got to be 100000 because he's been on TV for a very long time. Demonstrators rejected a number of the governor's plans, including his ongoing feud over the AP curriculum, slashing of college diversity programs, his migrant relocation program, and other policies they deemed harmful to the LGBTQ community. And you're sitting there going, wait a second, isn't this about black studies? What does the gay thing have to do with? What does illegal immigration have to do with it? Because it's all about progressives. Progressivism is a vicious tumor which grows fingers, tentacles all throughout the body. It metastasizes throughout everything. Do you honestly think that Democrats give a damn about any one of these things? They pretend to so they can ensnare as many people as possible who are dumb and thinking society's out to get me. Society's mean and out to get me. Oh no, help me. Save me from society. Society doesn't know you exist and couldn't give a single damn that you do if it did and it doesn't. But yeah, it's a catch-all thing. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. 
Black legislators preached and activists gathered and threatened to pull their students from Florida schools and universities in response to DeSantis's policies. Well, good job. Actually, pulling your kids from these public schools in Democrat-controlled areas is probably the best thing you can do for it. So one more time, DeSantis wins. And a DeSantis win is a win for everybody or something. (laughs) I'm sure they don't see it that way, but I don't really care. As we uh, wrap it up today, just this story is um, the headline. I thought was, uh, oh man, what's going on? But it uh, it didn't work out that way. Just the uh, speaking of CNN earlier with Don Lemon. Apparently, it's a nonstop sex party over there at CNN. Headline from Radar Online: Jake Tapper sex scandal rocks CNN. I saw that and I thought, ooh, Jake Tapper, what's going on? It's not about Jake Tapper. So Top Anchor's executive producer leaves network after becoming embroiled in two inappropriate newsroom romances with subordinates. Really is just a, it's a key party over there at CNN. Jake Tapper's executive producer was ousted from CNN last week after it was revealed he was embroiled in at least two inappropriate newsroom romances with network subordinates. Radar Online can confirm. Federico Quandrani who served as Jake Tapper's executive producer before being fired from CNN on Friday, reportedly hooked up with two CNN subordinates, including a senior producer at the network. Quote, there were some complaints. One network insider told the New York Post, no one had proof, and these things are hard to prove. Jake was aware of the investigation. Although an internal investigation was launched into the allegations against Quandrani, and although Jake Tapper was aware of the investigation, the 53-year-old, the lead host, was then reportedly presented with something he couldn't ignore on Wednesday. By Friday, Quindrani was ousted from the network. Quote, Jake was made aware of it and acted quickly, another CNN insider told the Post. Someone discovered something accidentally and brought it to Tapper. He delivered it to Human Resources, and they were terminated. The hits just keep on coming over there at CNN, man. Who knew that, you know, forget swiping right, go over to the left, work in, work in a newsroom. I mean, who else would find... Nobody will ever find anybody in journalism attractive as much as the people in journalism find the people in journalism attractive. No one, no one could ever love a reporter the way a reporter could love a reporter. Lastly, since I told you yesterday about the Wall Street Journal's suggestion that, hey, you probably should just skip breakfast if you're complaining about inflation. If, you, if you're bitching about not being able to afford eggs, why don't you just not eat breakfast? Well, that caused this to circulate and come to my attention. It's from Mother Jones Magazine. Granted, it's from March 4th, 2015. But it turns out that Mother Jones was ahead of the curve. The headline back then, why you should stop eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Huh? The subheadline, dogmatic adherence to mealtimes is anti-science, racist, and might actually be making you sick. <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner are racist. Racist constructs. Oh. 
Meals are good. Uh, meals are good, and snacking is bad. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and if you eat dinner with your family, you will keep your girlish figure, and your kids will be healthier. Taking a lunch break will make you succeed at your job. Okay, now forget all that, because it turns out the concept of three square meals a day has practically zero to do with your actual meta- metabolic needs. And our dogmatic adherence to breakfast, lunch, and dinner might actually be making us sick. Historian Abigail Carroll, author of the book Three Squares, The Invention of the American Meal. Wow, you want to talk about a book that just flies onto bookstore shelves. Explain to me that the thrice-daily eating schedule goes back at least as far as the Middle Ages in Europe. When European settlers got to America, they also imported their meal habits. Now, I love it. People have been doing this for a long, long time. But somehow, we've been wrong this whole time. Now, they offer nothing other than bitterness and anger and a dislike of Western civilization. We've been doing this for a long... So, have people been dropping dead from eating three meals a day? No. The reason people drop dead so young now, if they do, is, well, the vaccine. Oh, no, I didn't say that. But it's because they sit on their asses all day long. You've got to actually get up and move a little bit, too. But... This I'm going to find the part about the, the three meals a day that settlers brought evolved from uh, with American lifestyles. As people became more prosperous, they added meat to breakfast and dinner. After the Industrial Revolution, when people began to work away from home, the midday meal was more of a casual affair. <coughs> the cooked meal shifted to the end of the day. Blah, blah, blah. You believe that people take their time and waste their lives on this sort of garbage? They do. People make a living for this. Now, I can't find in this article where they're talking about racist. Racist is not mentioned as far as I should say. <laughs> so should you quit meals and fast intermittently instead? You could try it. It's just a clickbait garbage thing about... And they put race uh, garbage about food and they weight loss and they put that in the middle of the subheadline and it might actually be it's racist but they don't mention racist in the article they just tell you to stop eating breakfast lunch and dinner you first kira butler you first stop eating all meals and then let us know how it works and say 60 days well we'll call it 90 days just to be safe so you can really thoroughly examine the joys of the starvation diet. These leftists have been trying to convince you that you've got it horribly wrong and you're miserable for a very, very long time and it's all somebody else's fault. It's all from Western Europe. God, I don't know how these people live with themselves. I really don't. All right, that's about enough for today. I must say, have yourself a wonderful weekend. Hopefully you'll be over at patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com at some point uh, tomorrow or this weekend to listen to the Week in Effin Review, enter the contest and all that good stuff. We'll be back on Monday to keep you up to date on all the stupidity and insanity that the left has to fling at us. God knows that's all they do. On Monday, have a great one. Thanks for listening. 